Hello and welcome to episode 8 again of season 5 of The Three Amigos after the issues we had last week. I'm your host Mars and I'm joined as always by my amigo PJ. Unfortunately our amiga uh, Kylie has had some issues where um, uh, wherever she is in Ireland they've had a, a blackout and she's on the hunt for food. So our thoughts right now are with Paul and the people of Ireland because a hungry K is a scary K. We hope she gets some food and maybe coffee or gin. One of those. But instead of Kylie we have... Uh, uh, one of our uh, big amigos, one of our friends uh, f- from Twitter and uh, a good friend of the show and a, a good personal friend as well, uh, Amigo Morph. How are you doing, Morph? Been a while. It has been a while, guys. Very happy to be here. Hope you're all well and hope Kylie is able to get electricity, food and gin and or coffee. Very soon. <laughs> yeah. And PJ, how are you doing, mate? I'm here. Delighted. <laughs> Good, good, good. Morph, uh, as our guest, listen, you're having a, a cracking start to the season. Um, tell us what what have you done differently to last to last season? Because we obviously we all had bad starts last season. But how how are you happy? With, you know, w- what have you changed to uh, to your approach? Yeah, um, a bit more luck has definitely helped. So I'm inside the top 150k. I'm about seven points off the top 100k. Uh, it's been a decent start with the good fortune, but then I've combined that with a lack of hits and an early wild card and just avoided the double and triple ups in in defense so uh spread the spread the cash and spread the love a little bit um jumped on a couple of bandwagons early so ben rama and antonio uh, and cristiano ronaldo and then of course there's been super captain salah who's uh who's helped me out greatly so long may it continue until the Fantastic. inevitable decline no nah, good advice to be honest i i had a good start bad wild card reaction to the wild card is taking hits and that does not help so now i'm stopping uh, but I completely agree with your advice, where it's like you know a bit of patience. I also don't like too many, especially in defence, too many too many double ups. It's always nice when it works, but there's always that risk. And there's so many good teams with 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 clean sheet potential, right? Um, uh, yeah, no good advice and the bandwagon bit. We're going to discuss later as well. There's some questions about it. So this week, as as always. <clears throat> we'll go through the the scores. Uh, uh, our amiga Kylie actually is at the top with 61 points. More than it's you with. Um, no, sorry, it's PJ. PJ, it's you with 60. Talk to us, PJ. You don't sound happy yet. You're on 60 points. Well, I was I was happy at Saturday afternoon, um, uh, sitting on 55 with four left to play, including two pretty large differentials in uh, Benarama and, and Saka, um, who... Who have blanked? Uh, I mean, in Saka's case, not only blanking, but uh, picking up the immortal yellow card and half-time drag, meaning that he sits there with zero points, um, which means a massive kind of red arrow because lots of people obviously have some very jammy bench points this week. I don't. All of my eleven players played. I wish some of them hadn't bothered. Um, and right now, and in fact, for three weeks in a row, I've, I've, <laughs> I've, uh, my team has been carried by. A pretty strong defensive performance and Mo Salah. The rest of the team are absolute excrement. None of my other front seven players have returned in, in the last in the last um, two game weeks. Now um, it's just just been Mo yeah. Salah and the defense, um, and it's a shower of shit there. But I must. Morph, do you uh, have a big vi- do you have a big violin there? <laughs> I must. I must just before we pass the morph. I, I must give a bit of a shout out to our absent Amiga Kylie because. She went to the Newcastle Spurs game this week. She had Son in her wildcard all week. She was desperate to see the South Korean legend. 
play in front of her. Uh, she had a prophecy that Newcastle would concede three goals and that some would get on the score sheet. This is absolutely true. Um, and of course, that came that came completely true. But she wasn't happy it because, of course, Son had COVID two days ago. And so she took him out. And who did Miraculous she take him out for? Yeah, she took him out for Saka, who just scored zero points. So if she were no, on I think it was right in no it, no, it was Saka. Saka. Remember, it was always in there. It was always in there. She just, she just oh, messaged okay. me. She messaged me in anger. So Kylie right now has just, you know, wandering the streets of Ireland, hungry, without food, water, and possibly shelter, has has just has just, you know, had a ten point swing on Son to Saka because of a false positive COVID test. Is there no end to this pandemic, Mars, and the disruption? <laughs> It right. is ringing. <laughs> at, at least, at least we know Kylie has phone reception. But this is true. Yes, she this does. Is true. She does. Right. Let's let's move on. On in in the morph, you you came in third place with with a hefty uh, fifty nine points. And uh, again, I'm uh, propping the back at the moment. Uh, fifty four minus uh, four. Uh, I was all out yesterday, so I was extremely happy with uh, Palace scoring there. And uh, anybody else getting zero is more than, more welcome in my club here. Uh, right. Uh, it's time for the real players, PJ. Tell us about the Three Amigos League. And so the top five of, of the Three Amigos Classic and Mars and, and Morph are going to be very happy at the team currently in fifth and my attempts to say their name. Um, so I'm going to leave them to last. In, in, I'm going to actually do this in reverse order because the team in fifth place is such is such a difficult one to get my head around. I don't even know what nationality, what ethnicity, anything about what this combination of letters is from this team in fifth place. So I do apologise to you in advance. But still at number one, Green Eggs and Sam, Big Sam, FBL. Number two, FBL Ukraine, Maxim Malinowski. Then Genie, Mini, Mane, Mo, Adrian Ponch. Number four, Christopher Marshall with Izzy, Wizzy, Get One, Busy. Terrific name there. And in fifth place, we have Marilua M Mac Donna Chada Marguerite Lai Kite. Surely this is over the official character limit on its own. This name has three M's, 25 D's and several A's. Mars, any, any idea of how to pronounce this person? No, no idea. I'm looking at the league. They're uh, Irish. This is an Irish Mother name. Mac- so, so I presume this is a Celtic Don't name. Chadda. We need yeah. we we need Kylie. We need Kylie. Yeah, well, it looks like Donaka, so maybe it's Donakada. Donakada. Mar- but that first name, Ma- I don't. This, yeah, I, I'm so well Mar- done. Well done. I'm going to well say done. MMM Donaka. Well done. Fantastic start to the season, and just eight points off the top of the Three Amigas Classic League. Right, we absolutely did not butcher the name. Uh, we apologise. Let us know how you actually say it, because to be honest, I reckon Kylie and Don will know. But unfortunately for you, as you make your first appearance in the top five, no, no, we don't have an Irish speaker on the on the line. Oh my God, that is embarrassing. But anyway, hey, look, we're here to have a laugh, not on your behalf, obviously, on us, on our, on, on our, by, to, to have a laugh on ourselves, as as they say. Right. Um, well done. These are the, the real players, obviously, in the game. And it's time for my rant, and I have a double rant. 
And actually, both of them are serious because it's time to stop this stupidness. I'll start with the less serious one and then move on to a serious one. Right. If a player hits the ball to the right and it ends in the left, it's not a goal. I don't care if it's going on target. It's an assist and it's an own goal. The FBL need to move with the times and change it. I'm sorry. Nevis, that was not a goal for Nevis. That was an own goal and an assist from Nevis. And before that, it was, I don't know who it was, somebody uh, last week, somebody hit it to the right and it went to the left and it counted as a goal. I don't care if it's going on target or not. The defender did his job. The defender blocked it. Therefore, the defender gets the own goal. So let's move with the times, FBL. It's ridiculous. I've gained from it, but I think it's stupid. Now, the more important one. Listen, Watford deserved absolutely zero from the game against Liverpool. I really expected them to do better. I, I expected the banana skin, the new manager bounce. I was so happy for Bobby to get three goals. But the third goal that we scored, which is his second, was shocking. The ball was intended for Mohamed Salah. I, any defender, if I was a defender or if I was the manager of that team or the captain or the keeper, I want my defender to stop that ball at all costs. At all costs. He, he does that and the, keep, the keeper saves it. It spills to Bobby. Not offside. Why? I don't care if Salah was active or not. The ball was intended for Salah. The defender was doing his job. Now, it didn't matter because Liverpool won. But it did matter in the Nation League when the, when the, when the Spanish defender tried to stop the, the French through ball. He only did that and it only hit him when the player was already offside. So how was it not? Again, no one cares about the Nation League. One day it will win a World Cup or a Euros and, some, and people will care. But it's ridiculous and they need to change that rule. Salah was active. The only reason the defender went for it is because Salah was there. Maza. Yeah. Yeah. Um, fair enough. <laughs> can't, can't really disagree. More? It's, it's, it's any, crazy. any attempt it's... to disagree here? Feel free to try and wind him up. I, I'd really, I'd really rather not. That was, uh, that was very stern. Uh, no, I, I feel so can, much better. Cannot, cannot disagree. What I will say is, um, there must be a Bruno, a, a phantom Bruno assist on the cards at some stage soon, which, um, which will, will no doubt fuel the flames of, uh, of, of a subsequent rant. Yes, yes, one can only yeah. hope. I, I mean, mean, just, just always, any, you know, just, it's when it's so obvious they need to make a change. Uh, you know, it's crazy, absolutely crazy. But anyway, let's move on to the to the topics, and we want to touch on, uh, you know, <laughs> at the beginning of the season, everybody was so happy. We have Lukaku back, 100 million. We have Ronaldo, the new toys. Do we need a Ron and Rom SOS, guys? Like, no goals in three for Ron in the league, zero in four for Lukaku in the league, zero assists. Livramento, over the last four games, has had the same amount of points as Ronaldo. There's eight million difference between them. Some people have doubled up. Some have switched or are switching Ron to Rom. What are the stats and the eye test telling us? PJ, I want to come to you. As a United fan and as a, a person who's just moved from Ron to Lukaku, I believe, or moving, are you still doing that? And what is going on? Tell us through the tactics and your, you know, your own understanding of football, stats, whatever. Well, I think fundamentally, um, and I am still planning to do that move, I will be waiting until after the European matches, but Ronaldo to Lukaku is still my main transfer this week. I might have to do more, judging by the shit show of the last 48 hours, but, but that's currently, currently my move. Um, the stats have definitely dropped off. Um, Lukaku just just one chance, which was ultimately um, you know an offside goal. Uh, Ronaldo is 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 still there and involved in the penalty area, but the quality of his chances is drying up. 
But fundamentally, you have two teams which have not over the past three or four games played to the strengths of the strikers, massive, massive strikers, internationally speaking, that we have going for them. Um, obviously, in Chelsea's um, in Chelsea's system, they're, they're kind of relatively kind of pragmatic, and uh, the reintroduction of Werner has has meant a kind of slightly different approach. So they, they don't have the balls kind of being whipped into Lukaku. Lukaku's not being used to kind of hold the ball up and turn it around the outside um, with kind of multiple runners like he kind of was previously. So that's a concern. Uh, Chelsea don't look like a fluid attacking unit. And Manchester United exactly the same, although their problems stem a little bit deeper. The central midfield situation, which has been quite well publicised, what to do with Paul Pogba, no um, genuine DM, no real width, everyone kind of playing in, in each other's space in the middle. And both of these illustrious strikers have obviously cut extremely frustrating figures the past couple of game weeks. So in terms of what to do now, I think it's kind of, I think you wait to see if either of them can ignite in the Champions League, uh, which may then obviously kind of spur them on to, to kind of better things. Obviously Solskjaer, unlike Tuchel, has, has got a lot of pressure on his job now and Manchester United need results quickly. Chelsea have been grinding out results despite Lukaku's uh, struggles. Um, how how they kept a clean sheet to Brentford, I will never know, uh, but but they did. So it's a difficult one. I, I think... Form the fixtures, which I'm sure we'll touch upon in more detail, is one of the great, obviously, FPL debates. But a player like Lukaku, who we know is a proven track bully, if there's any sniff of a return to form midweek, I will still be bringing him in to play against Norwich at home, and I will still be captaining him because that fixture is still extremely good. I know Norwich have improved the last couple of games, but they haven't been playing Chelsea at home who will put a lot of pressure on them and will come out to attack and kill that fixture off kind of pretty yeah. early. So so for me that's still that's still the move. Holding Ronaldo if you've got both is is difficult. I think it really is difficult. With Vardy there and in form, I think is a brave person who holds Ronaldo particularly against Liverpool. But mm-hmm. we have yeah. we have seen Solskjaer pull it off in the big matches before, so you never know. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, look, I, 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 I was an advocate of uh, both Lukaku and Ronaldo. So I've got them both. And what I said was at the time is I believe Lukaku is a flat, flat, flat track bully, and he will bully crap defenders. Obviously, they got Norwich hashtag no disrespect next. Um, my plan was always to sell Ronaldo whether it's next game or the game after. It, it just depends. Uh, I do agree. The thing is, you not you you have to respond. And if United don't get up for a game against their biggest right, let's let's not. Joke about it. They care more. United Liverpool is a bigger game than United City. Always has been, always will be. They they need to have a reaction to that game. Uh, more for now, I was talking to you earlier today about it, and I said to you, I remember many mediocre Liverpool teams going to United or United coming to Anfield and Liverpool winning because they just put the desire in that game. So I think quality sometimes goes... Of course, quality... I mean, we say quality goes out of those games. Quality will always be there. But th- those games sometimes is what you need for the team that is not having a great run to, to stand up or respond to something. And, you know, United are still a, a great team. Um, but also sometimes it's, it's you know, it, it could be a chance for Liverpool to put the nail in the coffin. We have a couple of questions about this. Morph, I'm going to come to you now. FBL Oakwell says, could we have your thoughts on the Chelsea attack? Seems a bit blunt. BJ touched on it. Um, Randy Shafter, at Randy Shafter, in his own style says, is Romelu Lukaku just an overpriced and unlubricated Adama Traore tribute act. So, Lukaku, what's your thoughts on him? Firstly, 
uh, Romelu Lukaku is a beautiful human being. Um, <laughs> I have a, a pure, unadulterated man crush on him. I think he's wonderful. Um, I do agree with the statement that he's a flat trap bully. Uh, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo has had favorable uh, a favorable couple of fixtures in his start to Manchester United. But if you take uh, just just throwing a couple of stats out there and of players who've played more than um, uh, excuse me more than three games or had more than three starts this season, Ronaldo and Lukaku are fourth and fifth when uh, we look at. Um, Goal uh, expected goals per 90. So they're not too far off the top. They're just below uh, Mikhail Antonio, Diogo Jota, Mohamed Salah, uh, and Sadio Mane, who, uh, as we know, have, have all been in fantastic form at the start to this season. So I wouldn't tend to write them off just yet. Certainly not Lukaku, uh, when you consider that the fixtures in which he struggled as of late have been against Manchester City, who are um, arguably the best team in the league. Uh, I've been against Liverpool for a match where, for the majority of the game, Chelsea were down to 10 men. And I've been against Brentford, who turned in, quite frankly, uh, a sensational performance um, uh, at their home ground against uh, against Chelsea the other day. And were only denied by some, some incredible form from, uh, uh, from the Chelsea goalkeeper, uh, Mondi. So absolutely do not write off. Uh, Romelu Lukaku, especially with a home game against Norwich, he's going to come good. He had 0.7 xG in the home game against Southampton, and was very unlucky to miss a few chances there. Uh, as for Cristiano Ronaldo, Manchester United and Ronaldo in particular cannot press the ball. We're not going to learn to press the football um, in four days before a game with Liverpool. So, quite frankly, despite the good start, I'd wait until around game week 15 or 16 when United's fixtures turn and then uh, and then jump back on the uh, the 36 year old at that stage. Um, until then, I've I've already sold him. I'm not going to bother waiting till after the European games. He is completely he is completely off my radar. Although you can potentially be hurt by his uh, his high ownership because as we know, there are about a million, maybe one and a half million uh, <laughs> United fans that currently yeah. sit in the FPL game. If you look at the leagues. Yeah, no, and uh, they all probably had Luke Shaw and his big fat zero. <laughs> I so, certainly yeah. did. Yeah, I, I had him until last week, so you know, like, listen, it, it is what it is. But yeah, I agree with you. Look, um, just just to finish for me on, for me on, look on both teams, which you both touched on it actually. You know, they, they have the the pedigree to to hurt defenders. Um, they've had chances. I, I thought against Leicester, uh, Ronaldo had two great chances. One he sh- shot straight at the keeper, and the other one wasn't air. Uh, Air shot, which was frustrating as an owner, but fun as a as a Liverpool fan. More so with Chelsea than Ronaldo uh, than United. I feel they are actually trying but struggling to get Lukaku in games. They're trying to get to him. Their final ball is always looking for Lukaku, but they just can't get him. And as maybe as PJ mentioned, they're just not playing to his strength. Maybe he's uh, they tar- looking at him as a target man or look at you know trying to force it or some. I don't know. If you look at the goals that he scored. It was against Arsenal, who were absolutely shambolic at the beginning of the season. And then two goals against the Villa Reserve keeper. The second one was in the 92nd minute. He but wants, like I said... He wants the ball to run into. thing is, because he's so big... Exactly, he does. You know, he, he does. He, he's an easy target man to hit, although Chelsea aren't really doing that either. They're just kind of avoiding him altogether, like you say, which is a bit strange. But, you know, 
I think I think Jorginho not not playing. Jorginho and Mount, obviously, are the two players I keep hearing that. who, I keep who hearing play that, but... those balls over the top. Neither of those two have been around the last couple of games. And I think those are the players who I think will bring the best out of Lukaku. The rest of the type of players who have been in those Chelsea teams of late aren't aren't the ones who, who necessarily kind of play to his strength. And it's all about it's all about that that makeup and stuff. So I think, you know, Tishel will will learn and just adapt I don't think it's a massive crisis because unlike Man United as we've already said Chelsea possess the ability to actually keep a clean sheet so there's less pressure but they do have two fantastic games next they've got Mamo and then Norwich it'll be interesting to see if if he starts Mamo is there a concern that he might not start Norwich? I doubt it. I think he will, especially with being off form. You know, managers sometimes try to get their players to get to get into the rhythm. And what, what fantastic two games again! Not disrespect. I agree completely. But... I agree completely on that. Just just yeah. not, not to kind of cut across you, but I know that's a point a lot no. of people will want to make. Is Lukaku restable for this game? Play, players players like to be played into form by the managers, and also the game afterwards is a League Cup game, which he does not need yeah. to play for. So no, I, 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 I would be surprised if he was rested. Me too, me too. Right, I think, look, good discussion on the two most expensive players. I think uh, that the, 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 probably the people who suffered most are those who doubled up on them uh, because it's just such a hefty price out of your out of your uh, budget. But I think a lot of people will be moving off one, which is most likely Ronaldo, because of fixtures. Um, and we'll see a lot more wild cards being played. Some were played last week, some will be played next week. Uh, and I, I can see Ronaldo's ownership dropping. But still, Many will have him, so it's a risk. Now, talking about those two, and people want to move on, we want to touch on some of the forgotten men. Some, this was a topic that we, we had in uh, actually last week's pod, but I think still it's, it's relevant because they, some of them actually have stepped up again last week when Ronaldo and Lukaku didn't. And maybe these are the players that we need to go for or look at or think about. So, Morf, I'm going to come to you first. Second, only to Antonio, Vardy has a 14% ownership. But not talked about much. I, I hear him mentioned in... Uh, PJ mentioned earlier, Carly thought about it, but she wasn't sure, but she did go with it in the end. Few people talk about him on Twitter, but not enough. He doesn't get enough credit. Is it the price? Is it Leicester? What do you think? Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting one with Jamie Vardy. I think a lot of people are put off by his age and potentially the fact that uh, you've got Nacho there at a lower price and Patsadaka having come in as a potential future replacement for him. But... The man is just an absolute machine. He's got uh, he's got seven goals. I believe he's at the top or second top scorer in the league, um, smashing the XG charts as well in, in the, the the top few for those. And um, oh yeah, he's a stats the, buster. He he yeah, loves he, to bust the stats. He's, he's brilliant. Um, he, he tends to start seasons very well, uh, as we've seen historically, uh, and then perhaps fall off a little bit uh, come the, the the back end of the season, which is is maybe representative of the fact that he plays a, a very intense game, although. Rogers has uh, has coached him well to to manage that. One thing I've noticed is that he he tends to hit bonus whenever he scores. So you're now talking about the player that, assuming he avoids a yellow card, each time he gets a goal and he's he's going to get between 15 and 23 a season, is going to get eight points for you. So that then makes him doubly dangerous, and he has a a relatively high, he's a relatively high contributor to Leicester in terms of uh, goal percentages. Um, that being said, his price point is very, very off-putting. He's 10.6 million now, and you can always go down a notch to go to Antonio or up a notch to go to Lukaku, Kane or Ronaldo. So he sits at a very, very awkward price point. Um, 
I'd say he's one of those which is who's more of a fixtures over form guy. So if you if you're going to get him in, they've got a decent run coming up uh, between now and around game week 17, um, where they have they play Brentford, Arsenal, Leeds. Uh, they have got Chelsea at home in 12, but apart from that, they've got Watford, Southampton, Villa, and Newcastle before it turns for them in, in game week 17. I beg your pardon. So it might be it might be decent if you pick him up at a, a relative uh, a, a relatively reasonable price point, as I've said there, despite it being all. Awkward. And the fact that he's only 17.9% owned means that he's he could well be a differential if you choose to captain him. But by for all intents and purposes, it would be a very, very ballsy move to pick up Jamie Vardy yeah. to captain at this stage. I think that's interesting what you say. I said 14%. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead no, I, was, I, I mean, even then, even with, with the form that he's shown, there was still just that kind of degree of kind of reticence about about picking him and I, I mean i take your point about his price and that was certainly true at the start of the season i looked at his price and you know his age and i thought mm, not quite sure why he's been given a price hike here um he's probably going to decline this season um but that price suddenly looks extremely cheap when ronaldo and lukaku are not doing anything, particularly if you have both, and Ronaldo does not have the fixtures over the next few weeks. If I was in Marzi's shoes, who has both, um, you know, why, what, you know, why not go down? Why not go down to Vardy? I don't know if that's in your thoughts, Marzi, but you know, you've you've got plenty of cash in the bank to obviously do that move. Yeah, I do, but I also need to bring Trent back. I thought about it. I need to go lower than than Vardy. I looked at it. I have a plan for the next few weeks, uh, avoiding as many hits as possible. I think only one hit over five weeks or whatever. Uh, it was between Son and Vardy at the end. And who did I want? To, who who was I happy to miss out on? And I, I, I always prefer Son. So then I made my plan that when I sell Ronaldo, I have enough money to upgrade any midfielder that I want to Son. You're always going to miss out on one. Now, it could change. I, I might decide to go Vardy instead of... Uh, because the, the plan is either go back to Ronaldo or Kane, depending on who's playing well. Uh, but but for now, to bring Trent back, I can't afford Vardy. So I agree with you. I think he's an absolute... He's an option. If you have Trent and if you're happy with your defence, yeah, the, go, go for Vardy. Uh, but for me, it was Trent plus a, an 8 million or, or, or a Tony versus uh, a Vardy plus they're cheaper, and I just want Trent back because I just love the guy. But yeah, that's a specific case here. Um, but I was going to say that, you know, from last week to this week, it's gone from 14% to 17.9. So you see people are moving on um, and, and jumping on, on onto Vardy. And rightly so. PJ, last week, we saw Nacho finally getting a start. No idea why he was ignored by his own manager. We're talking about the ignored men. Do you think now, because when Nacho plays, I actually think... Vardy even gets more involved. He, he having a, a striker next to him rather than a, you know, Barnes from the left and whoever from the right. Um, do you think Nacho will get a run run of games now with with Vardy? Now that I do. Won? I, you know, I do, and it's a, it's a very it's a very good point about Vardy as well in terms of how much he benefits from having somebody alongside him. And Leicester was struggling for goals. The reason Inacio wasn't in that starting lineup was because Rogers wanted to play a particular formation. Um, he wanted to play. Uh, you know, a front three, which doesn't doesn't necessarily fit in an Acho. Um, he obviously had Barnes on the left, um, and then Perez or Lukman on the right. And now he's he's caved. He's gone back to three at the back. Amaretti is suddenly back on the menu as a cheap as a cheap defender. He's gone back to wing backs. Um, which I'm won't... sorry, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, Monkey. Who is uh, Amaretti, and, and what type of cocktail is is that? Um, uh, is he is he not a type of dessert based biscuit? 
Martin. sure his I'm quite sure his name is Daniel Amate. Daniel Amate. I think everybody knew who I meant, Morph. I think, you know, it's it's you know, did you know see it for the endearment that it is that these names are unable to survive my But normally you're just so good with the names. I just Am I? Yeah. <laughs> I think you've got me Genuinely. confused with somebody else. Um, Daniel Amate is back on the menu. Is that is that better? You're talking it. about the person who said Castagagne. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Amate or Martis, whatever he said, that that name was way better than when he said Castagagne. Let's be honest. I well, I anyway, I, I, I have I have always been. I am always so. I'm, it's not even like I'm very bad at remembering people's names, let alone how to pronounce them. I've always said that like, I'm a. I've got I've got a photographic picture memory. Um, that sounds a bit wanky, but it's kind of true in terms of I, I never I never forget someone's face. I never forget a place I've been or a location I've been. Um, I can always remember it. But when it comes to anything kind of spoken or written, absolute sieve. Just just no idea um, what often the amount of times I just call people mate because I have no idea what their names are, despite meeting them like 10 or 15 times. Most of my clients, you know, I used to, back in, me, back in the days when I used to work, I used to be able to just call clients, sir. You know, it was easy back then. Can't do that now. You know, I have to actually remember what their names are before I'm in a meeting with them. Anyway, I've massively digressed. The point is that, yes, Inanacho, I think, is going to keep his place. Leicester scoring goals again. And I think he's actually a really good option if you are looking for somebody cheap. A potential Antonio replacement, who, let's be honest, is broken since I've now bought him. <laughs> Gosh. Oh, you, you, okay, he's not broken. I, I actually thought, beyond the yellow card, he really was one player that took the game to, to Everton. Like, and the way he held onto the ball at the end of that game, like trying to drive them forward and run at them, was uh, just fantastic. You know, he's not going to score in every game. We'll be spoiled. But anyway, listen, uh, EJ, we stay with you. Uh, 19 points over the last two games for Mr. Hume-Ming Son. At the beginning of the season, or when we were watching after the first three games, we said Spurs don't score much. They're a bit defensive. Well, now they've scored, I don't know, four or six goals in the last two games. Not five, four or six. Well, I can't remember, to be honest. <laughs> I know three won against Newcastle. I couldn't remember the score against Villa. So I just hedged my bet. <laughs> But Son is very involved, as always very lively, always very reliable. Is he somebody now, again... You know course, full well people, he is. You know, was, was this question designed just to trigger Kylie? Let me ask the question. <laughs> or my people cat. Were unlucky my with cat the COVID. bought him in good faith. And now look people at were, Listen, listen. People <laughs> were unlucky with the COVID situation. But he had an easy game against Newcastle. Now he has few tough, tough games before good fixtures from 12. Do you jump now? Now or do you, now that you've missed Newcastle, do you wait until twelve? That's my question. Is he a fixture guy or is he a jump on now guy? I, th- I think I think he is. Um, I don't think he's a particular fixture guy because, like Vardy, his his stats busting is so good that I think he can he can be jumped on at any time. So I think it's very much personal choice. So ten million is a lot. Um, is a lot of money. If you've got it in a bank and you fancy Son, I see no reason to delay that. But if you've if you've shuffled your team around as a result of his false positive then I don't think it's worth ripping up your team to get him back until until game week 12. I think he remains the best asset at Spurs when you take into account price, injury record, the fact that he's on both, he's on set pieces on both sides with corners. And now that Kane has obviously uh, decided to come back to life again, um, 
you know, obviously Kane's an absolute weapon, but at kind of two and a half million more expensive, I think I think Son is the best route into that Spurs attack still, personally. So, you know, I think it's up to it's up to you. No, set pieces, set pieces as well, apart from pens. Pretty much takes more. Well, all the corners. Kane loves a free kick that goes nowhere. Um, no, fair, fair. I agree. Uh, has he has he yeah. ever scored from a free yeah, kick, so, Harry Kane? I can't I ever think, recall. I don't know. Close. I remember once I owned him and he hit the the bar with with a free kick. Uh, that's the closest that I remember. <laughs> uh, Moff, another forgotten man is the ginger, the, the ginger king. And I'm not talking about post scores here. I'm talking about the true ginger king, KDB. I hardly see him in any teams, hardly any discussions on wildcard, yet he's probably the most... In fact, the notes from last week said the most nailed person after Diaz and Edison. Then Diaz gets dropped. So now he's actually the most nailed person after Edison because Ed, the reason Edison didn't play is because of the Brazilian game. Why is he not talked enough about even as part of the... When people talk about premiums, they talk Lukaku, Ronaldo, Salah, Trent. They don't even talk about KDB anymore. Should we be squeezing him in with these fixtures? Mr. Reliable scoring again. What do you think? Um, I, I think he's absolutely sensational. I think that he is um, pretty decent when it comes to uh, his, his stats. They tend to be uh, quite positive, although he was a, a victim of variance last season, which is one of the reasons why his points total was uh, was slightly lower than you'd have expected it to be uh, at, at just the, the 140 points last year. But we can't forget that as a footballer, um, he is capable of, of quite brilliant moments and ticking, keeping the points ticking over. Um, the city's fixtures are kind of variable over the next few weeks. Uh, they, they do have Brighton and Palace, but then they've got United, Everton and West Ham. So they'll be effective rather than going big in those games. But from game week 15 to uh, uh, to, to basically game week 25, they, they do have a pretty sensational run where the only really challenging fixture is uh, is Chelsea at home. Um and it finishes with uh, with Norwich away before it, it turns slightly. But there's there's two things that really put me off KDB. The first is fitness. Um, he, he is a player that's only completed over 2,000 minutes. Where are we? Once in the last three seasons. And and the second is potentially uh, rotation with the Champions League as a result of fitness. I think Pep's going to prioritise that trophy this season and while KDB is absolutely nailed when it comes to the Premier League if Pep sees that with his increasing age he's over 30 now he needs some uh, some more rest there's a concern that that 12 million price uh, price point that he sits at may be something that's better utilized elsewhere so I, I might take a punt on on a different attacker like a, like a Foden or a uh, or a Grealish if uh, if I was looking for someone at uh, at City great points Morph uh, right Lastly, with the strikers again, with the double, with those the premium guys uh, not flying, come back to the strikers. Um, so many, we have so many, <clears throat> so many options. Eight million below, above, etc. But Chelsea have a great run of fixtures. Werner is doing all right. Should he be considered? PJ, uh, Uber for Arsenal scored again tonight. Again, they have some good fixtures. Should he be considered? Two strikers. Talk to me about them. Yeah, I think I think it's 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 great to see so many options at the moment, uh, so much divergence in people's teams. And uh, again, forget on men like Aubameyang coming back, he's going to sneak all three bonus points because we know that Aubameyang is an absolute bonus hog. You know, Arsenal have got a great run of fixtures. He's he's you know I wouldn't say he's being ignored because. Arsenal don't look like a team who can put five or six past someone in a way that um, other teams can. 
Werner, on the other hand, I'm sorry, he's dog shit. I mean, you know, I'll laugh about him and tell people to kind of get him because it's a bit of a joke, but I would not want him anywhere anywhere near my team. I'm in a 10-man draft league, and I couldn't sell him to anyone. I ended up dropping him, and nobody picked him up for like two weeks. Bearing in mind, he's like a 9 million priced forward in a 10-man draft league, 15 players each, 150 players, and nobody wanted Werner. I think that just kind of sums it up. You couldn't give him away. I know he's playing again for Chelsea. I know he scored a couple of goals for his country. He's just You just watch him and you lose the will to live doing so. Um, he needs a run of 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 goals in a row for I, before I think I consider him for my fantasy football team. Um, but, but can I just say quickly on the subject of, of kind of premiums and stuff, um, Far and away, the most overlooked premium asset this season is Sadio Mane. He is he is he's the top scoring uh, midfielder in the game, I think now after after Salah, obviously. Um, if people had just gone, you know, Mane and Salah and ignored Ronaldo and Lukaku, they'd be they'd be winning this thing so far. So as a as a Liverpool fan, I, I turn my question back at you and say, do you think that that double up has serious mileage? It's just so much money. You know, we talked about double up and spreading the love. There's so many options in midfield and up front. Uh, so in midfield, like, you know, I would want Son. I would want a City midfielder like KDB if I was going to go there. So I can't afford those three plus three. Unless I go completely without premiums forwards. I, I get what you say about Mane, but I think for me, from the Liverpool attack, Salah is more than enough. Just personally think it's just so much money. Unless it's a double game week where Liverpool have a, an easy double game week, personally. Love him, but that's that would be my, my view for, for FPL. But you're scoring so many, you're attacking with reckless abandon. And, I know. You know, you say I it's know. so much money, there's no more money than Lukaku, Kane, Aubameyang, Ronaldo. You know, it's, 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 your other premium. Yeah, but but to have to have to have let's say to have Antonio Jimenez. I'm not even gonna to have Antonio Jimenez and another eight. I don't know, maybe a Tony plus a strong defense because everybody wants a City defender, a Chelsea defender, and Trent. Right? I don't think you can have uh, Salah plus Son plus Mane. So you have to sacrifice. You can have maybe Salah and Mane. What, what, what I'm saying is you can't have three premium midfielders. I don't think. I haven't looked at it. You might be able to. I doubt it. Because when you start spreading, yes, you're spreading the value, but you're actually putting more money in defence. Then you look at your forwards and you think, okay, well, I'm going to go 8-8-8 instead of maybe 12-12-4.5, for example. Yeah. Um, so it starts, I, don't, I haven't looked at it. I just don't think you can. And what I'm saying is I would rather have Salah and Son versus Salah and Mane. Because then I'm covering more games and potentially more, more avenue for points. But I agree with you. On Mane, if, if you want to, it, it's a funny one. I agree with you on Mane that he's not potentially. I think the reason he's overlooked is because he's so close to Salah's price. And people like what Morf said, you don't want to double up sometimes because you want to spread the love. However, as you said, Liverpool are scoring a lot of goals, and he's now finding his form back. Um, I don't know. It's a tough one. Right. Let's get into our listener questions. Uh, we have plenty. Uh, so um, our first question uh, coming in uh, from Mr. Benny Blanco at Benny underscore Blanco. Um, how do you feel about people getting Livermore's point off the bench every week? Are they absolute scum of the earth? Um, 
I think he's talking about himself, and he's trying to one-yacht BJ. So BJ, it's does your, he ever your does he ever not talk about himself? Our, our Benny. I mean, we love him, don't we? Bless him. But, you know, <laughs> do you think there's a degree of narcissism here from from Benjamin? I mean, yes. I mean, look, I've profited from Liveramento points three game weeks in a row, Benny. So you know, I taught you about getting that guys points off the bench so don't come to me now that you've finally got them and learn what it's like okay let's move on <laughs> yeah 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 uh right um fbl captain fail at fbl underscore captain fail what is the next bandwagon we should hop on and our friend suj at sushar added to this should we hop on a bandwagon do they ever meet expectations morph we have uh the creator of bandwagons here uh mr pj do you see a bandwagon coming? And do you think they're worth jumping on? You said you, you like jumping early on the bandwagon. So who you are you? If there, if there was one to come, I think it would be KDB, oddly enough. Uh, at 12 million, that's that's just a little bit too too pricey for me. But I cannot see um, anyone else being of, of tremendous value. You could see the odd differential. Um, for example, if Solskjaer sorts things out at, at Man United, then maybe Eddie Cavani. As um, as Ronaldo gets a, a partner up front who can actually press the ball, uh, just as a, as, as a random differential there. But it's going to be a Manchester City attacker. And if I were to pick one who would be the best footballer, it would be KDB. But at, at 12 million, he's just a bit too pricey. So maybe one of the cheaper ones. But uh, again, with, with pep rotation, you, you never really can tell. Yeah. Uh, PJ, you, you, you love a bandwagon. Do you, what, what do you think is coming first? Next, I mean. Well, hard to say. Um, obviously, my my early season train has started to lose passengers and potentially run aground. But I've not finished flogging Saeed Banrama at this stage before before I move on. I move on to anyone else. Um, I think a really good bandwagon is one that springs out of nowhere. So, so Lingard last season was a brilliant bandwagon. I didn't profit from it myself, but you've got to. You got to give credit where credit's due. You know, someone like that who's, you know, going from absolutely zero involvement, zero points, to suddenly smashing in goals left, right, and centre in an atcho as well probably would have fit that bracket. And I think, I think it's does the player have the ability to continue that run? Are they going to stay in that team? Are they still going to get chances? And if they do, which was certainly the case in Lingard and in Anacho's things, then I think, yeah, it's it's worth those of the bandwagons that I want to be part on. And that's why I, I wanted Ben Rama this season, because I felt he was someone who was coming into form. He's nailed down a starting lineup in a number 10 role for a very attacking team. And all of that is still very true. Now, if you compare that with someone who, I don't know, let's say Adame or randomly, who posts blank after blank after <clears> blank <throat> after blank, and then puts in a man-of-a-match performance and gets an assist, you know, let's just say he scored a goal and assist as well. Let's give him a 12-point haul, which he'll never get, just for the sake of arguing. Is that suddenly now a bandwagon? I would say no, because this is someone who has proven over a period of time that they can't sustain that. Um, that they're not. I think a true bandwagon is you've got to get it at the very start of their journey, not just someone who randomly hauls midway through it. You know, I hope that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, fair. Uh, I think Tony... Uh, or Embuemo with the with the fixtures I think Brentford have been doing well in tough games and I would like to see how they're going to do in the easier run of games coming will, will Tony bully those those defenders let's see uh, right 
FPL Amateur of Oz, uh, at FPL underscore Amateur underscore Oz. Looking again, either Aubameyang or Vardy will discuss that. Instead, up front, so I can get KDB. What are your thoughts? So, Morf, if you were to choose between Uba or Vardy, where would Jamie you go Vardy. Now? Jamie Vardy. Jamie Vardy. Yeah, Amerik Aubameyang is obsessed with Ferrari's gold chains and being a shit imitator of a Muay Thai boxer. Um, he is now living off the uh, contract for about a billion pounds a week <laughs> that he um, that he got at Arsenal. He's rinsing Stan Kroenke's money. If you are an Arsenal fan, um, you should boo him. You should boo him relentlessly. You should boo him mercilessly. <laughs> and you should ask him what on earth he thinks he's doing. It's Jamie Vardy all the way. Pick Jamie Vardy and you'll be happy with your life and marriage. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, fair enough. Jonathan Strack at JStrack1. Alternatives for Mount and the 9.5. Cardi would have loved this question. Can't afford Sun. Tuchel doesn't seem to like Mount starting. EJ, under 9.5, where would you go? What, in midfield? Or? Well, yeah, for oh. Mount. Oh, for Mount. I, I, I wouldn't be getting rid of Mount. Just don't do it. He's going to play Norwich next. Don't. True. I know, I know it's, I know it's coming into fixtures, yeah. Yeah, I, I know the temptation is there to sell him. Honestly, don't. He will, he will start against Norwich, and he's a player who's playing an attacking role for Chelsea. Just please, please don't sell him. Yeah, wait, maybe one more game week. Uh, Nick Griffith at Nick Griffith. Uh, he says Imaliano Sar. I think he means Ismaila Sar. Three shots on the box versus Liverpool. And a mixed run going ahead. What's your thoughts, Morph? What's your thoughts? Well, he, on was, he was playing up front, wasn't he? Um, he, he still so. is sometimes. He still is sometimes. He it's weird. He comes from the wing, sometimes goes centre, sometimes playing up front. They they swapped him definitely, and and he he was dangerous against Liverpool. It was a great save from Keller to stop to stop him uh, scoring. Um, yeah, credit credit where it's due. You know, so he's a he's a decent old player. He's he's been Premiership stand for for three seasons now. So he he certainly is one to watch. But when you look at Watford's fixtures turning somewhat, they've got Everton away, Arsenal away, Man United at home, and Leicester away inside the next five. Uh, Chelsea at home and Manchester City at home. After that, um, you you begin to ask yourself if potentially uh, Rafinha would be an an option. Um, Damari Gray has really good fixtures coming up. So does Andros Townsend. Uh, Conor Gallagher's fixtures are um, are about to turn for for the better moving forward. So you've got people in and around that same price point who have far better fixtures playing for teams who are who are more likely to be uh, progressing up the league and scoring more goals. So as as lively as uh, Ishmael Assar looks, he, he should be viewed really as a as a differential. Yeah, no, I agree, and I'll add Embuemo to that. And I, I, I keep mentioning Brentford, but I just think. Embuemo is a, we talked about it before, pretty much playing as an out of position, um, you know, midfielder uh, of, of Tony looks really dangerous and good fixtures. So if you're looking, and, and I agree with you on Saar. Agree, yeah. I think I'll probably keep him. I think they've got Southampton um, uh, coming up soon. Uh, um, and then after that, he, he'd be relieved of his duties and thank you very much. But yeah, um, good question, good answer. Uh, PJ. Two people have asked about Adam Armstrong. At Killer De Bruyne, Armstrong out for Roger or Hold. Riaz Ahmed at Stan Kunian. Uh, Adam Armstrong, what to do? He didn't play one game. Should we panic? Should owners panic? Well, what, what's, what's your thoughts? 
I can think... I second that? Because I, I own Adam Armstrong. You own Adam Armstrong. I think this is the time to panic, I have to say. Uh, look, at the end of the day, if you lose your place as a striker and your replacement comes in and scores a goal and looks generally very good, it's it's going to be hard to get back in the team. Um potentially not for the league game, you know, League Cup game suddenly looming and, and looks like that's more of a fixture where he um, where he, he might get kind of reintroduced for. He's obviously played a few games without scoring now. It, it's a real tough one for owners. It, it is it is a real tough one. Um, I certainly don't think that the, the, the other guy, Broca, 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 is, uh, is nailed suddenly. So it's Albanian to score in the Premier League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Looks a great asset if he can suddenly start three or four in a row. But uh, Hassan Hussein has a lot of options up there now. Um, but he is yeah, a loyal. Yeah, Shea Adams is going to be back. He's not going to play Nathan Redman up there forever. That's a bit of a stopgap. But so I think if you're an Armstrong owner, what you're hoping for is that he returns to play up front alongside him, and Redmond mm. drops further back down to the down to the wing. You, you say that about Redmond. I thought he looked really lively in that game. He did. I he's thought... not going to lose his place, but yeah. he, he's yeah. versatile. He can play in. A, he can play in a lot of places. Um, Hassan yeah. Ujol is a, is a loyal player. He's not someone who drops players who've just had good matches, generally speaking. So I definitely think Rebrocco will, will, will keep his place. But it's whether Armstrong gets in, gets back in for one of those wide players who didn't play particularly well, and mm. and Redmond pushes back into those formations. Cool. If, Morph... I, I honestly don't know what I'd do. Morph, Morph what, what, you, what would you do? What you do? <laughs> I just, yeah, the the more I think about it, the more I think a hit to uh, to get to Ivan Tony, especially now that his price dropped down to I believe he's six point three, um, with a little bit in the bank that I've saved from going uh, Ronaldo to Lukaku, maybe maybe in order, so potentially the first hit of the season. Uh, although the last time I took advice from uh, from our friend uh, our friend Monkey, I uh, I captained Richarlison when I was advised to avoid Dominic Calvert-Lewin, who then probably <laughs> scored uh, eleven points. Oh, God. So, one to think about for me. Right. FBL underscore asset at FBL underscore asset. Hello, all. Replace Ronaldo with either Vardy, Nacho, or Tony. The rest of the front line consists of Antonio and Big Rom. So, Vardy, Nacho, or Tony. We, we mentioned Vardy. We've mentioned Nacho. We've mentioned Tony. If you have to choose one, who do you go for, Morf? I'd, I'd go for Jamie Vardy. If he's, if he's feeling like, if you're feeling punty, you're feeling fruity, um, Vardy is at the point in the season where he's, he's going off. And if you're, if you're not going to get him now, you don't want to bother getting him. Nacho represents great value, but uh, the, uh, the the question was, uh, who would you pick out of that list? And if I yeah. had the funds and there was no other fires to put out, I'd, I'd go for Jamie Vardy. DJ, what about you? Vardy or Tony or Nacho? I would I would go Tony, I have to say. Um uh, assuming that obviously we could use that extra money to to spend. Well that's and that's the thing, that's where I yeah. am in, in, in the position. Like I said, I wanna I wanna get I wanna I wanna get Trent back and keeping the city and the Chelsea boys. So Semedo's the one going at four point nine, I need two point five million. So yeah. So yeah, I I I, I agree with your point, Morph, but I think if you have uh, fires elsewhere or, my, or or you need to upgrade to a defender who's expensive I think Tony is not a bad option uh, PJ I'll stay with you Zhao at Zhao uh, I hope it's hey, A-W-O-W uh, and if it's Chinese it's Zhao for sure uh, but Rahma keep yourself there you go your man yeah keep 100% I thought he played really well I thought he was unlucky not to not to return um, I think he's consistently in space Um uh, the only player I would consider selling him for is Mumbemo. Um I think if you don't have him, 
I'd, I'd find it difficult to talk someone out of that move. But other than other than him, I think I still think he is a pick of the circa six million players. Okay, fair. Uh, Morph FBL underscore teabag at teabag FBL. Uh, Marcelo Ronaldo out for James and Lukaku for a minus four. Yes or no? No. Because um, Reese James represents a heavy rotation risk, go for Rudiger instead. He's been spotted in training. He's a much safer option and can still provide uh, potential attacking returns. Plus, you're protected against the higher ownership. So avoid Reese James. Go for our friend Antonio Rudiger. Cool. So um, change your, change nothing your, to say. Nothing to say more from me uh, on the handle of FBRT bag. Uh, I was about to say check check. Uh, <laughs> Let's move on before this discussion goes really <laughs> sideways. Could be innocent. Uh, Could be innocent. Pete Wilkie at mm. Pedro5174. Should I continue with Kieran Tierney as captain? Should I take a minus 8-6-1 drunk later tonight? I don't know if this is serious or not. No, no, no. Uh, it, is, it is serious. Um, uh, um, you know him, I assume. Yeah, I, I do know Pedro. He's not been lucky with his captain choices this season. Granted, they've been a little wild. Um, I've also got to give him... He nearly scored today. He did nearly score, but I did think of him when he lashed for bar. But alas, it wasn't to be his captain score of one. It's not quite the same as Mo Salah, 13. Um, I'd also like to give give Wilkie a a public shout-out to our listeners for managing to own Ben Chilwell for the first five game weeks of his season and then Marcus Alonso for the last three game weeks of his season and (laughs) and achieving one point. Good Lord, in that in, in that run, he 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 is not a good FBL player. He's 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 All good right. at, good okay. at he's good at many through... things. Good at many stop things. Stop dissing stop dissing our our listeners. Thank you very much. <laughs> FBL underscore T. Change your captain from Tierney, under... please, please. Just, just something <laughs> like FBL, um, FBL underscore T. Chad. FBL underscore Senate. We he had loads of questions last week. Unfortunately, because of technology, we could not um, get them out. But now. He's asked again, so thank you. And sorry about last week. How do you tell the difference between diamond in the rough and a differential gem? Asking as a player who wants to get Henry or Elianusi before the bang. So Henry is the Brentford defender. Everybody's going Pinnock and Janssen. Um, Elianusi, quite lively for Saints. Not really delivering much. How do you tell the difference, guys? Morph between, uh, you know, a diamond in the rough or a gem or a gem? Differential gem. I, I tend to look at form, fixtures, and ownership. And if those three things uh, align, then I'd go for it. So if the ownership is uh, is low, and the form is is good, and the fixtures are decent, which they are for Saints going forward, then take the punt. Uh, I, I assume that that um, by the term diamond in the rough, we're implying that these players are both at, at low price points, which we know they are. So if you if you fancy taking the punt, have one or two diff, have one maximum two uh, uber differentials in your squad, which which both uh, uh, he said El and uh, who's the other the other player? Sorry, Marzi. Henry from uh, Brentford. Yeah, that was it. Henry from Brentford. You, you've always got Pinnock as an option at, at Brentford, but if if Henry uh, who who is quite attacking can cover his clean sheets, then uh, then fair play. Yeah, take take the punt. Uh, both teams look like they've got potential. And, and it's well worth a, a go with the diamond in the rough. That was the process I used to pick Adam Armstrong. And as you can tell by the previous uh, questions that we've had, he's been tremendously successful for me. <laughs> what are your attitudes on forwards now, PJ? Go three times 0.75, two enablers or have a Vardy plus Kane. So is it two premiums or three enablers? 
quick one. Yeah, I think for me, the setup is going to be very much the same. Um, I'm going to keep one premium striker, one mid-range asset, and then a cheaper one. I've I've obviously had King, Antonio, and Ronaldo, but pending no injuries, I'm going to be switching it up to Lukaku, Antonio, and Tony. Um, and I do like that setup. I'm certainly not going to be getting two premium strikers. Um, I'd rather spread that money across across the midfield and in defence. Um, and I like the flexibility that that gives me, particularly with the likes of Bam Bam and Dominic Albert-Lewin coming back into contention. Mm, yeah, yeah. Can't forget about them. Uh, right, uh, his last question. Raya, Ramsdale, Sanchez or McCarthy? Morph. Lots of people jumped onto Ramsdale. I'm still on Sanchez. Any be any huge difference between the four? I mean, would you even consider McCarthy? Saints? I'm not really sure. If you've got Livermento, I don't know if I want to double on them. Yeah, I, would, I wouldn't. I'd be reluctant to double up on the Saints defence. Um, I like Ramsdale. He's always been a promising goalkeeper despite a, a, a rough season last season. Although it's it seems as though Arteta's a little bit um, a little bit fickle in his uh, in his choice of keepers, and you, you never know if um, if a start for Leno is is just around the corner. Uh, Raya is definitely a good option, particularly with um, with Brentford's uh, Brentford's good fixtures that are, are coming up. Although, um, if you've already got Pinnock, then of course you wouldn't want to be necessarily doubled up on the Brentford defence. Um, Sanchez and Foster are a decent combination because Foster has been playing lately. And if you can hold your nerve and bench Sanchez for the next two when they have uh, City, when Brighton have Manchester City and Liverpool. You can keep Foster in and Watford play Everton and Southampton. So you've got potentially a decent rotation of a 4.6 and a 4.0 as an option there. Now, the same would apply, of course, to um, uh, to, to Raya and to uh, to Ramsdale. But uh, Brighton are XG monsters um, and have a really solid defence. So assuming you're not doubled up on them. I think Sanchez and Foster represents the best option. But whatever choice you make, I'd highly recommend avoiding the double up on any of those teams in defence. No, great point on the on the Foster uh, combo. Uh, right. Uh, Donny FPL at Donny FPL. Looking forward to it despite wildcard fail this week. Uh, I actually feel happy to have the wildcard out of the way as it helps focus the mind. It's like comfort blanket is removed and now less decisions to make. Anyone else feel the same? I see what he's saying. What do you think, PJ? Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I, you know, I, I agree. Um, you know, definitely need to labour that point. I think he's, I think he's hit it absolutely spot on there. Um, I think, um, yeah, I entirely agree. I think it does help if a wild card is successful. Um, if it's not, you, you <laughs> yeah. feel a little bit reticent, but then it, it does certainly focus the mind, yes, and you know exactly what you need to change. When I can't, I can't wait to get rid of it. Of I'm decisions. always like that every season. I feel I feel nervous until I've played my wild card, and then as soon as it's gone, that deadline has passed where I know I can't tinker anymore. I feel so much more liberated knowing that I can only make one or two moves each week. Um so yeah, um, I, I think I, that's why I tend to always play it as 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 soon as possible. And what ultimately wrecked my season last last year, um, not because of Shrewsbury, much as I know you love that I keep mentioning that, but actually I, I played the entire first half of the season out of fear because I didn't play my wild card until week seventeen, um, and I'm very very grateful that I played it very early this time around. 
Cool. Little Jason, uh, Little Jason. This week sees the return of one of the greatest TV shows ever, Succession, which contains some of the most loathsome character in TV history. But who are the greatest baddies in the Premier League history? Eric Cantona. Anyone else? What do you think, Morph? Cantona's not a baddie. You take that back. He just did one stupid thing, which he was rightfully punished for. He's not. He's not a villain. He's not a Luis Suarez or a John Terry. John Terry's not even a, a baddie because you would consider the term baddie to be a, uh, a, a almost a, a, a sort of theatre pantomime type villain, um, and and John Terry was just a horrible, horrible, horrible human being and remains so and will do uh, until his demise. I, I wish him nothing but bad things. Um, Louis Suarez, <laughs> I've not got much time for either, uh, but at least I. I I can respect Suarez as a uh, as a player, and he was on the pitch when um, when he won his European Cup, rather than uh, coming on as a flanker <laughs> for the trophy parade. So you know, credit where it's due. Um, I'm going to oh, go for God. go for someone from from a few years back, and and that was uh, that was Dennis Wise. Dennis Wise was a very very dirty player. Um, there was a five nil victory for Chelsea over Manchester United in the 1999-2000 season, where Dennis Wise pinched the inside of Nicky Butt's groin as uh, they were lying on the floor, and Nicky Butt flew into a rage and kicked Dennis Wise and promptly got sent off. And that made all the difference in the in the Chelsea victory. And oddly enough, I had the the, the opportunity to meet Dennis Wise years later, um, and I reminded him him of, of of that very incident. And uh, and he laughed uh, sheepishly, shook my hand, and and walked away. But he was an absolute gentleman, so I'll I'll remember him him fondly. So I've got a lot of time a lot for... a lot of players are very different on the pitch to how they are off it, though, aren't they? Yes. You know, Robbie Savage is another classic example who's, who, who, you know, I love his radio show uh, when he gets his mum in and everything. Um, you don't want him commentating on a Welsh game, but generally I find him quite an affable and likeable figure. But, you know, watching him, my God, it's just torturous. Yeah, that's true. Peter Crouch is another one who I have a lot of time for. Peter, Peter Crouch wasn't a bastard player, though. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Everyone loved Crouchy. It was the, it was the robot dancing that, that did it for me. When it came to I I was a big fan. I was a big fan of the uh, of, of the crouch dance. All right, let's uh, let, cool. Good discussion on, on on villains and players that we'd like. But let's move on. FBL Thomas at man on pod underscore Thomas. Uh, if you had to pick a partner of for the following, who would you pick? Somebody to watch a complete Netflix series of their choice. PJ, who would you let choose? I would you watch? most definitely pick FBL Canuck. My good friend Moose, who is incredibly aligned with me when it comes to artistic tastes, and he could pick any TV show, and I guarantee I would love it. Also, I get to watch it with him sidled up on the couch, which is an added bonus. <laughs> uh, this is an apt one for you, Morph, to be in charge of your Twitter account anonymously for a week. <laughs> I to be in charge of my account anonymously for a week. Were I to reinstate it, or in the past, uh, I'd go for our good friend um, FPL Chef because he'd uh, he'd probably get me into as much trouble as I would dive myself into. Cool. To pick your costume for a fancy dress party, I'll take that one. Mm, who? I don't know. Probably Adam three five who. I'd imagine he will have some good ideas for a dress uh, fancy dress party. I've never been a very good choice fan. Yeah, I've never been a fan, but I reckon he'll be somebody who who goes goes for it. Uh, right. Um, 
our penultimate question is from our friend Elf uh, at Elf FBL. If you could only consume food and drink that starts with the same letter for the rest of your life, what letter would you pick? I'm going to start because I'm the least foodie out of you lot, I think, before you nick my, before you nick my answer. So I would go with the letter C. I've got cheese. I've got chips. I've got Coca-Cola. I've got uh, car- carrots if I want. What else do I have? Cookies. Uh, so crisps. The choice is endless. So for me, and uh, cabbage and cucumber. So for those who don't know, but in, in Arabic food, we stuff cabbage and cucumber. So I can assume, because I have the cucumber and the, ca- and the, and the cabbage, I can stuff them. So there you go. I will go with the letter C. And I can't believe you didn't even mention curry. Uh, or curry. There's so much. The choice is... I thought, I thought the question was one type of food, though, like beginning with that letter. Not just any... Is, is the question any food beneath that letter? Any food... It says, if you could only consume food and drink, that starts with the same letter for the rest of your life. Ah, so okay. it's the letter. The letters that important. See, see, I thought about this wrong. I was just saying I can only consume one food. So my, one of my answers was curry, but then I was thinking of something I could drink with it. So all I could think of was cobra lager because that began with yeah. a C. And <laughs> Champ- that, that, and that goes well. Yeah, I don't think champagne really accompanies curry, but it, but it, but it could. But, but that was my thinking. It was one. So my other answer was pizza, or pinot, because those two accompany each other kind of quite well. But if we're going Prosecco. with any food exactly pizza prosecco pasta p and c is definitely where it's at guys morph any any advance in p and c any, yeah <laughs> uh, love i'd uh, i love, love the p love the love the c um profiteroles prosecco and pizza has been a friday night staple at my house for many a year um i could go left field and go for b for uh, beer beef broccoli brioche brie um that love would, uh, it it's, it's there's so many options yeah, that, so that would keep, keep me ticking over. If you guys are going to go for C, going to take C and P, then I'll, I'll, I'll go for B. But but uh, yeah, love love the choices that are being being presented here. Very good question, sir. Or or, yeah. or Matt, whoever right, asked it. Our last question. It was from Elf. Um, <laughs> our friend Elf. So you know, either or, yeah. Yeah. So uh, our last question is from Adam. Three uh, five boo, as it's coming up to Halloween apparently. At three five who. Uh, would you rather have to fight a rabid giraffe once a year or three aggressive pigeons once a week? PJ, what, what, what would you question. rather? What a question. Um, uh, he's up this game after a couple of damn squibs. So, so thanks, uh, thanks for bouncing back, Adam. Um, <laughs> but I don't... It's, it's, on the one hand, it's relatively easy because surely a rabid giraffe is instant death. I mean, you're either going to be, you've got to somehow avoid the giraffe from trampling on you and not let it kind of slobber or give you rabies in kind of any way on you either, which would kill you pretty damn quickly. So it's a big takedown. It's it's a big takedown, that. Whereas three pigeons you could see off, I think, relatively easily, particularly if you've got a well-spiked bat. But Every week at the end, I can see myself 30 weeks deep thinking, fuck this. I want to take a swing at the giraffe. So it's it's tough. I'm not sure. Morph, Morph, you, you, I sense you're going to say giraffe. So, you know, prove me wrong. Or... I, I, I've seen it. I was at Whipsnade Zoo uh, a, a, a few months back and I've seen a giraffe up front. I've I, I got to go for the pigeons. Giraffes are absolutely massive. They're huge. And pigeons, you know, if you, you, you catch it right, that's your dinner sorted every week, right? So you, you're actually making quite nice, the same nice from, a, uh, eating from a shopping like perspective that. there. 
Yeah. Uh, Stuffed it's pigeon a is a delicacy word on Adam. Palestine. I've eaten pigeon. It's nice. I mean, not, not one I've killed it's lovely. on the side of a road, yeah. granted. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but these are these are pigeons that attack humans, so we can only assume that they're wild pigeons and therefore would tend to be somewhat more healthy than the um, than the sky rats that we, we have uh, have over here in the UK. So, yeah, great question from, uh, from a great man. Big love to you, Adam. Hope you're well, my friend. See, I would... Um... Whilst I agree with you, I can't be bothered to fight every week, so I will deal with the giraffe once and for all. I don't know, maybe I'll regret it. But how, Mars? How would right. you actually take down the giraffe? Uh, run the Mars, giraffe. It's a rabbit giraffe. It's too, like... it's too, too long, too tall, I'm too short, it can't catch me. I'll just go You're going to outrun it. You're going to outrun a giraffe, that's your plan. <laughs> that is the worst plan. You've just, you've just signed I your death be... warrant. Okay, okay. Uh, I'm, I'm embarrassed for you. Me. You know, my height, I'm hoping that my heart will help me. You have one year to live. Marcy, that giraffe, you barely reach its knee. It's massive. <laughs> I it's know, I've huge. seen the giraffe. Well, that's the thing, until, until I was talking. But then you, you tempted me, to be honest, with cooking my own pigeons. Uh, like I said, it's a delicacy in Palestine, you know. Stuffed pigeon with potatoes and rice and everything. Yeah, I mean, I'm there. Right, guys. Great discussion, great questions. Thank you. We always love the serious ones. We love the fun ones. That's what, why we do this. But let's get back on, onto uh, the serious topics now. Um, uh, a lot of the questions uh, from Benny and from others were asking, uh, the, the first part of it was, do I captain Lukaku next week? Can I trust Lukaku? Is that something we can even guess? So l- into this section now, we're talking about transfers and captains. Morf, who would you captain next week and what are your transfers? You already talked you sold Ronaldo and I think Shaw. I've, um, I've, Shaw is on the bench. I've sold Ronaldo for Lukaku already in case I get a price rise out of him. I will be captaining Lukaku. He has a reputation as a flat track bully. I think he's going to absolutely hammer Norwich. I think they are uh, they are dead set on, on going down. No disrespect intended. If I were to take a hit, it would be to go um, either Armstrong for um, for Tony or possibly uh, Diogo Jota, who, who appears to have lost his place for um, for Umbuemo to uh, to free up some funds. So currently, it's it's definitely definitely uh, Lukaku captain. Cool, PJ. Yeah, Lukaku captain. I'll be taking out Ronaldo for Lukaku, but unlike. Uh, Morph, I will be waiting until the after the European matches because I'm a little bit more cagey just in case that throws up any curveballs. I will almost certainly also be taking out somebody um, for one of the Brentford players, either um, um, either Kinder Bueno or Tony. Kinder Bueno. Um, so uh, uh, yeah, I will be taking a hit. I will be taking a hit. I've, you know, yeah. Ben White, Saka, one point. I'm not over it, Mars. I'm not over it. Yeah, we move. We move. Uh, well, I will be. Um, so it's either rolling uh, deep or uh, taking out Ronaldo for potentially Tony. I, I need to think about it. I need to see how what happens. Um, I'm going to go to Tony essentially. I'm not rush. I'm not taking a hit to take to bring Trent now with with, with United. Whatever happens, it doesn't matter. I'll wait. But it's whether I keep Ronaldo for one more game or just take him out and bring Tony in. That's the plan. Uh, so yeah, that's all. We ha- uh, my captain will be Lukaku, absolutely, 100%. Yes, I understand. Yes, Mohamed Salah is absolutely the best player right now out of this world. But these games can be cagey. He could absolutely smash it. Uh, he has not scored many against United. He could, as he did against City, get one return. The hope is always with this game is you get your captain gets a brace or a hat-trick. 
Who has the chance to do that? Probably Lukaku. Now watch Salah. And I'll be the happiest man if Salah does. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but, uh, you know, and uh, because I've seen people discussing it, that's why I'm bringing it up. Yes, absolutely Salah is an option. But I think Lukaku is the probably the most outstanding option for, for, that, for, for, that, for the game week. Let's see how he does this midweek, whether he starts or, or what he does, and then we'll take it from there. Just a reminder to people that don't wait for early team sheet on Saturday because it's a Friday deadline. Some people sometimes forget about that and think, let me see if Lukaku starts that game. It'll be too late. Well, it's been a great discussion, guys. Uh, that's all we have time for. I've been Mars at Mars 05. Uh, my amigo uh, PJ at Hindu Monkey, our absent amiga at Kali FPL, and our special amigo Morpheus, who is uh, no longer on Twitter. Thank you for stepping in, mate. Really appreciate it. Great discussion. Please make sure you follow our uh, account at Three Amigos FBL. Uh, if you like what we do, please give us a, a good rating, a four or a five on iTunes. That's all we ask you to do. Stay safe. Yeah, get rid of those premiums, one of them at least, and spread the love. Adios, amigos.